Dragnets. The Jack Benny Program. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. George Burns and Gracie Allen. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. We offer you Escape. Follow Miss Brooks. Suspense. Richard Diamond, Private Detective. Fibber McGee and Molly. The Great Gildersleeve. Yeah. Radio Theater. In the air. Dedicated to man's imagination, the theater of the mind. You know what our call letters WGN stand for, don't you? WGN Radio Theater. The special three-hour presentation with Carl Amari and Lisa Wolf. All right, about eight minutes after 11 p.m. here on the WGN Radio Theater Program 422 in this series. It is September 15th, and to my right is the vivacious one herself, Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? Hey, Carl, what's up? Hey, and Ben Anderson is our producer tonight, so everything's going to go smoothly. So happy to have you, Ben. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and It's going to be a party. <laughs> we have classic radio shows all the way until 1 o'clock in the morning. We will start things off in just a few minutes with Casey, crime photographer from September 3rd, 1946, with the reunion starring Stotts Cotsworth. There's a name you can't say five times fast. Stotts Cotsworth. Go ahead. Stotts Cotsworth. Sasa. Swerth, swerth, swerth. I just had to have you try. And then Suspense with a man who knew how. Charles Lawton starring on a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. And we're going to play our game, Lisa. Our brand new game. It's brought to you by Cat's Prize. Right. It's called Guess That Song. That's right. It is called <laughs> Guess That Song. And um, what we're going to do is play a couple of seconds of a very well-known song. Two songs. Two, two well-known songs each hour. And um, in this hour and tonight, it's going to be songs from 1970. I was seven years old. It's a good year. Mm. And uh, we'll play a couple of seconds, and uh, we'll have our caller guess what it is. You can guess what it is as well. And then we'll play the little bit longer of the song and see if you got it right. All right. What number to call? 312-981-7200. Right. We're going to go with caller number five. You can call right now. And we're going to be giving away Lou Malnati's gift certificate. Oh, boy. So All right. It's the best That's of the big. best. We'll be right 312-981-7200. And uh, first, these words. Guess that song. All right, we have Arnie on the phone to play the game. Hey, Arnie. Why, good good evening, Lisa. Good evening to you. Hi, Arnie. Why, hello, Carl. How you doing? (laughs) Well, uh, we're all new at this game, but we're going to... We're working uh, the bugs out. And speaking of bugs, speaking of bugs, Lisa has ants in her pants today. She's running all around the studio. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I'm like, hey... You know, I'm trying to get my headphones to work because, you know, nobody around here is helping me out, having a little trouble here. Ants in her pants. um, At the moment, I'm good, and um, we're going to play a couple seconds of a song. We're going to stop it. We're going to see if you can name that song, or guess it, actually. See if Carl can, and, and we'll see how it goes. But either way, you're the big winner, okay? Well, sounds awesome. All right, here we go. Song number one. Oh, man. Oh, that's... Do you know what that is? Yeah, it is. What is it? It's bread. That's exactly Um, right. That's the name of the group. I'm trying to think of the name of the song. I know it. Your ex bread. I want to make it with. Oh, that's exactly man. right, Brad. I want to make it with you. He worked it out. I like how he did that. He worked <laughs> it out. Yeah, that is exactly Speaking right. Speaking of bread, do you have any peanut butter and jelly in there, Ben? And some milk? Oh, 
I like to have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with that bread. <laughs> Making everybody hungry. Well, let's let's play wow, a little clip of the song job. so we can hear it. I had it. no idea. Oh yeah, I remember this song. Make it with you. And pretty you know, risque for 1970. Well, what I was you know? going to say about this song is it's pretty clear what he means by make it. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, yeah. Although it was ambiguous enough to clear the censors. So it oh, made really? it through oh, even yeah. in 1970. Wow. Because, <laughs> nice. you know, make it, they could be making, you know, peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Yeah, they want to make a, right? cake, a cake. Bake a cake. Well, yeah. that's a different song. That's why Carl has not used that pillow yet. That's, that's right. That's I, right. I'm going to one of these. I'm breaking that glass one of these days. It's like huh? that song. I want to. Well, you got to keep your mind off the peanut butter and <laughs> That might help too. All right, let's try song number two. Here we go. And right in the middle of a good dream. family. That's right. What's God, it called? Arnie. He's good. He knows his Hold stuff. He's got it. Can you play it one more time? Yeah. Sure. Can we do that bad? I don't know if we can. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> yeah, he's got it. Boy, you know, I saw, you know, I've seen this episode so many times. Me where too. The song played. <laughs> uh, well, you, you know, you knew it was well, the Partridge he family. He wins because. Oh, he's a winner no matter what. No, but if you get the group or the song, I know you got it both so. right. Or let's 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 play a little look. <laughs> I love you. Oh, I there think I is. love you, yeah. There we go. Lisa must be in a romantic mood. She's got, I think <laughs> I love you, and I want to make it with you. Wow, I didn't even think of yeah, that, Yeah, were you in a romantic mood? I guess so. Man, Dan, <laughs> hey, stay up tonight, Dan. Oh, Carl. Oh, Carl. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> Don't go to bed. Carl. Um, <laughs> Make It was a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Oh, right. um, this was released the same day as the TV show went on the air, and two months later, it was a number one hit. Wow. Yeah, so great, great show, great song. And you did a great, great job. You have won well, a Lou Malnati's gift certificate for $25. Lou Malnati's is I home of Chicago's... Oh, yeah, Chicago's best dish pizza you can find one of their 40 plus chicagoland locations or you can order online at lumelnatis.com i hope you have a great pizza hey that's awesome i thank you too so well thank you you were the first Thanks, player arnie. to get both right just so all you right know. way to go buddy <laughs> appreciate you all right arnie's a big winner and uh, we have a text in line folks 312-981-7200 we're here till one o'clock in the morning feel free to text us we love getting your text it's time now for casey crime photographer this was a amateur detective series lisa and the character of jack flash gun casey was first seen in pulp magazines. Casey was a newspaper cameraman. He took crime scene photos, and his keen eye for detail served him well at solving the crimes he was assigned to photograph. And while waiting for his next assignment, he killed time with his gal pal Ann Williams at the Blue Note Cafe run by Ethelbert, the bartender. It came to Radio 1943. At first, it starred Jim Backus, Thurston Howell the mm-hmm. from Gilligan's Island, and then Soon after, Stotts Cotsworth played the role all the way until the end of the run in 1955. Of a broadcast from 1946, June 3rd to be exact, called The Reunion, here is Stotts Cotsworth in part one of Casey, Crime Photographer. First on the scene, Crime Photographer. 
Got it. Look for it in the Morning Express. Columbia brings you another adventure of Casey, crime photographer. Written by Alonzo Dean Cole and played by Stocks Cotsworth. Casey, ace cameraman of the Morning Express, covers the crime news of a great city. His adventure for tonight, The Reunion. About nine o'clock in the evening, a luxurious suite in our city's most expensive hotel. One of its present occupants is a strikingly beautiful woman. In her hands is the latest fashion magazine, but she stares at it without interest. Irene. Irene. Yes, Ruth? You haven't turned a page in that magazine for half an hour. I've been thinking. Oh, Irene, why don't you put him out of your mind? If a man had done to you what my husband has tried to do to me, could you drive it from your mind? Oh, yes, I know. I made Kurt a success. He was just a poor weakling when I met him. I made him a great sculptor. I made him rich and famous. Now he's repaid me. But he's not going to get away with it. Your lawyers will see to that, Irene. They've told you they can nullify that divorce Kurt got from you. When I think of the rottenness of it, I... don't anymore. Ruth, when you and I were in South America, the trip Kurt persuaded me to take for my health, Mm -hmm. all the while he was establishing residence out of this state to divorce me for abandonment. Then when we came home four days ago... We find he's been granted his divorce oh, and... was rotten, dear, so <laughs> rotten. And he was preparing to marry another woman. That Bixby woman. Oh, he's contemptible. Filthy. Loathsome. Oh, when I think of it, I... I want to kill him. I don't want to kill him, Ruth. I want to keep him. Keep him? Yes. What? No other woman's going to have him. Tomorrow, what? I'm going to sign the papers for the nullification of the divorce, and I... <sighs> Will you answer that, Ruth? Certainly. Say I'm not here. All right. Hello? Mrs. Walter isn't here. I'm Miss Chandler, her cousin. Who is this? Hold the line a minute. It's a man, Irene. He insists that he's got to talk to you. Who is he? His, His voice sounds a little like your husband. Kurt? Yes. All right. Here. Hello, this is Mrs. Walter. Oh. I... All right, wait a minute. Ruth, will you please go into the bedroom and shut the door? Why, why yes, of course. Don't be angry with me. I'll, I'll tell you all about it later. Hello? Forgive me for sending you out of the room. Why, Irene. I'm going out. You've got to help me dress in the prettiest things I have. Thank heaven my hair was decently done today. Say, what is this? Was it Kurt? No, no, it wasn't Kurt. Uh, Darling, hand me that cold cream jar. Here. What other man is making you dress in your best and... (laughs) 
You changed completely since that telephone call, Irene. Well, you'll just have to restrain your curiosity. And for several days, I don't expect to come back here tonight or tomorrow night. What? Maybe I won't come back for a week. Why? But don't worry, Ruth, and don't try to find me. I'm going to be happy again, dear. Altogether happy. with that name here. You got the wrong number. Hey, Goodbye. wait a minute. Wait uh, a minute. What? Huh? Wake up, you dope. Wake up. Uh, Annie, huh? Now he knows me. Uh, what's the big idea of phoning at this hour? Wait, pipe down and listen. You've heard me speak of Ruth Chandler. Uh, have I? Yes, you have. She went to college with me. And she's a cousin of the rich and very beautiful Mrs. Kurt Volter. You mean the wife of the big sculptor? Indeed I do. Now listen, Ruth phoned me a few minutes ago and told me that Mrs. Volter disappeared ten days ago and has not been heard from since. Yeah? Yes. Ruth hasn't notified the cops yet, so we're getting first in on what may be a good story. Well, give me all the dope, Annie. I have many to give you. Uh, Ruth will tell us the story as soon as we get to the hotel. Oh, okay, Annie, I'll pick you up in about 20 minutes. <laughs> Casey, Irene left this suite on Friday night, ten days ago, at about ten o'clock. And that's the last I've seen or heard from her. Uh, yes, but Ruth, listen, Mrs. Volter told you that she might be away for a week. Now, maybe she's just staying wherever she is a little longer than she intended. But she's not where I thought she was going, Anne. Uh, Miss Chandler, you figured that Mrs. Volter was joining her husband for a reunion. It was the only thing I could figure, Mr. Casey, until just before I phoned you this morning... I learned there hasn't been any reunion. You went to Walter's home? Yes. I talked to Mrs. Royce, his housekeeper. She told me that during the past ten days, Kurt has been working almost constantly in his studio. It's, it's attached to the house. And that Irene hasn't been there. Sure she told you the truth? Oh, positive. She and I are old friends. She wouldn't lie to me. Mr. Casey, do you think I should ask the... The police to, to look for Irene? No, I wouldn't. You know how women feel who've just been separated from their husbands. Maybe yes. she just... Well, she might be... To say, is this photograph on the piano a picture of your cousin? It is. Mm-hmm. This was taken some time ago. About 15 years ago, soon after her marriage, at the time she was posing for the statue that made her husband famous. The sleeping goddess? You know about yeah. it. Yeah. I've seen copies of the original. I oh. kind of like sculptures and paintings. So Mrs. Walter modeled for it. Eh? Yes. Mm-hmm. Annie, this face isn't just beautiful. It's got power in it, real power. It has that all right. No photograph can do Irene full justice. She has the most wonderful hair, Mr. Casey. True golden hair. Yes, Anne told me about that. Well, I've seen Kurt go into temperamental rages because he's a sculptor and not a painter. He, he couldn't reproduce her hair in bronze or marble, of course. Yeah. Uh, Miss Chandler, when you talked to his housekeeper this morning... Did you ask her where Walter was on the Friday night your cousin left here? Uh, Mrs. Royce remembered that he'd worked in his studio all that night uh-huh. until about 8 o'clock in the morning. He was doing some noisy construction work on a mole. Well, did she see him working there? No. He never permits anyone in the studio when he's working. Uh, then he could have gone out for a while. 
Mr. Casey, I believe you have the same awful idea that I have. That Kurt might have slipped out of the studio unseen, met Irene somewhere, and... and killed her. Did you let this Mrs. Royce know of your suspicions? No. I even asked her not to tell anybody that I'd been out to see her this morning. I don't know why. I... I just did. Good. I'd like to talk to Walter. Before he knows a search has been started for Mrs. Walter, I just might catch him off guard. Just might. Well, let's go, Annie. All right, that's the first portion of Casey, crime photographer, with a reunion. More after these words. Back to WGN Radio Theater with Earl Amari and Lisa Wolf. Thanks, Vic. It is 11.35. We are listening to Casey Crime Photographer. After this show, we have Suspense with Charles Lawton in The Man Who Knew How from 1944. So good lineup tonight. We'll be here till 1. Don't forget, we have a text in line, 312-981-7200. Lisa reads all your texts, and she reads them to me because we, <laughs> because won't, we won't say why. Just because, on account of because. She reads them. She reads them Aloud. She was a reading teacher, so she likes to do that. I I'm, guess, you know. I'm still a reading specialist. Yeah. I, I, guess keep special, renew, right. I keep renewing my license. Yeah, I'm very special. <laughs> all right, here's the conclusion to Casey Crime Photographer. Mr. Volta will see you and this lady, Mr. Casey. He's in his studio. Please come this way. Oh, thank you. You're Mrs. Royce, aren't you? Yes. How did you know my name? Oh, Ruth Chandler told us all about you. Here we are. Come in. The lady and gentleman from the Morning Express, Mr. Walter, Miss Williams and Mr. Casey. Ah, it's a great pleasure to know you. How do you do, Mr. Walter? Mr. Walter, it was nice of you to let us barge in on you like this. I'm always glad to receive newspaper people. You know, I have a special regard for the Morning Express. Its art editor has always been very flattering about my work. Uh, he sent you here, of course. Uh, yeah. Oh, yes, yes. We're from the art department. Will you want anything, Mr. Walter? No, thank you, Mrs. Royce. You can go. Well, sit down, Miss Williams. Thank Mr. You. Casey. Thank you. Have a cigarette? Yes, yes, I'd like one. Mr. Casey? Much obliged. I will join you. Uh, I have a match right here ready. Uh, here you are. Fine, thank you. Mr. Walter? Thanks. Uh, no, no, please. Do not light your own with that, Mr. Casey. Not huh? three on a match. <laughs> okay, since you're superstitious. <laughs> you see, I was born in Europe, in a little mountain village where people still believe in witchcraft, ghosts, and omens. I'm afraid my many years in this enlightened country have not completely eradicated my early teachings. I see. This is an enormous studio you have. Yes, we sculptors require a great deal of room. Yeah. Hey, this plaster model of your sleeping goddess must be over eight feet long. Mm-hmm. She's certainly a masterpiece. I never saw the original. You are looking at the original now. I thought that was somewhere in Germany. Uh, I must explain my method of working. First, like all sculptors, I make a wax or clay model of my conception. But when it is only roughly complete, I take from it a mold and then make a casting of plaster. On the plaster cast, I carve my finishing touches. 
Another mold is then taken for the final casting of metal. This model provided the final mold. Oh, it's the true original, then. Yes. It's now almost priceless. You see, its bronze replica was destroyed by a bomb oh. during the war. This really is worth plenty, then. Huh? Many consider it my greatest work. Hmm. I understand the model who posed for it was your wife. Yes. She is now my ex-wife. We are divorced. Yeah? Well, if she looked like this sleeping goddess, she was certainly some woman. More like a goddess than a woman. She had the most wonderful hair in the world. But it was not of this world. It... Let us not talk of her. Okay. Hey... When did you make this plaster model, Mr. Bolton? Fourteen, fifteen years ago. Why? The head feels damp, like fresh plaster. The head? That cannot be. Feel it. It is not damp. What do you say, Miss Williams? Feels stone dry to me, Casey. Huh? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> it's funny. When I first touched it, it felt cold and clammy. Like death. Death? Yeah. I see you don't have to go through your house to get in or out of this studio, Mr. Volta. There's a door leading directly outside. Yes. But <laughs> will the story you and Miss Williams do about me concern this sort of thing? Well, <laughs> say, we must be getting to that story, yes. We, uh, we want to hear about your most recent work, Mr. Volta. My current work is this group here. Oh, hey, that's a bigger hunk of plaster than the goddess. <laughs> that's what you call hunk of plaster, will bring me $30,000 when cast in bronze. Wow. You're in a good business. What do you call this group? I call it the Reunion. The Reunion? Reunion? Yes. It is a symbolic conception. When did you cast that plaster? Why, just ten days ago. I set up my mold and worked all night. All Friday night? It was a Friday night. And you call it the reunion. Now, oh, look here, Casey. The story you've just been telling me adds up to nothing more right now than a case for the Missing Persons Bureau. I'm a homicide cop. My hunch says this is a homicide case, Logan. Well, I have the same feeling, Captain. And so have I. This police department can't take the drastic action you propose on the strength of mere hunches and feelings. I haven't proposed any drastic action, Logan, until after a thorough routine missing persons search has been made for Mrs. Walter. If she isn't found alive or dead within a reasonable length of time, well... I've told you where to look. Uh, you believe that she went to Walter's studio in response to his phone call through the door that leads there directly from outside, that he let her in, killed her... And, and hid her body in the mold he was setting up that night. Then he surrounded it with plaster. I think you'll find Mrs. Walter is in the model he so symbolically calls the reunion. <laughs> Casey? Hiya, Miss Williams. Yeah. Hello, Ethelbert. Hello. I ain't seen you two all day. What do you have to drink? Mm. Oh, give me a cup of coffee. 
Gee, Casey, you must be feeling low. What are your troubles? We can put them in three little words, Ethelbert. The Volter case. Say, why don't the cops quit stalling on that? Mm. They're never going to find Mrs. Volter till they look in the place you told them to, Casey. Today, they did look for her in the place I told them to. Uh-uh. You mean? Yeah. I was wrong. Mrs. Volter's body was not in the plaster model of reunion. In order to find that out, Logan's men had to bore holes in the model and they broke it all up. Now Volta's going to sue the city for 30,000 bucks he claims it was worth, plus additional damages for I don't know how. Oh, his lawyers are drawing up a swell bill of goods. Sure, and the worst of it is he's pretty sure to win his suit. Logan will probably lose his job on account of it. He gave the order to bore into the statue on the strength of my hunch. Gee, gee, the poor sap trusted me because, well, by sheer dumb luck, I've given him a couple of good steers in the past... This time I let him down for fair, and how? Oh, Casey, he doesn't blame you. Yeah, I know that. Look, don't don't ever tell the big dope I said this, but Logan's a pretty swell egg. Because Mrs. Valder's body wasn't hit in that statue, does it mean her husband's now in the clear? Sure does. Yeah. The only place he could have hidden her body was inside the freshly poured plaster of that reunion model. Wait a minute, Miss Williams. Couldn't he have hidden a body in a closet or someplace around the house and then sneaked it out later? No, Ethelbert. Mrs. Royce and her cleaning women would have found it. Oh, of course not. And there's only one other model in the studio large enough to hide a human body in, and that was cast 15 years ago. Those plaster castings have a hollow core. Oh, so what, Casey? To have even gotten the body inside the sleeping goddess. Walter would have had to cut a big hole in the old plaster and then afterward patch it up with fresh stuff, which would show the you... The head know. of the sleeping goddess, it felt cold and damp like fresh plaster that day. Didn't to me, Casey. And you said it didn't to you either after a minute. Yeah, that's so. It's funny, that's what started my hunch about Mrs. Walter being buried in plaster. And when her husband said he'd cast that reunion piece on the night she... Annie. Hmm? I've doped the guy all wrong. He was smarter than I thought. What are you talking that about? That reunion model was only a planned decoy. Uh, he put her inside the, the sleeping goddess. Then he deliberately led you and me and the cops to believe her body was in the reunion model. And now that we've found she isn't there... Oh! Aha, uh -huh, you've got it. The city stands Ooh. to lose 30 grand plus for that mistake. No sane cop is going to take a chance like that again. Casey, if you're right... If he's right, Ethelbert... Mr. Kurt Walter is going to get away with murder. Yeah. Say, Casey, what? why don't you sneak into that studio on a dark night, bust open that statue... And what if I didn't find the body, Ethelbert? <laughs> Walter wouldn't bother to sue me. He just had me put away until about 1966. <laughs> uh, I got no more suggestions. I haven't even got a thought. Uh, wait a minute. I have. Yeah? What? And I'm going out to see Mrs. Royce, Walter's housekeeper, and ask her one confidential question. No, Mr. Casey. Since the night he made that plaster casting of his reunion group, Mr. Walter has never gone into his studio after dark. I see. 
Oh, I thought it rather strange. He used to do so much work in there at night. Mm. Well, thanks, Mrs. Royce. Why have you asked me about that? I've been thinking. Thinking. I was born in Europe, in a little mountain village where people still believe in witchcraft, ghosts, and omens. I've sometimes thought Kurt insane on the subject of Irene's hair. He couldn't reproduce it in bronze or marble. She had the most wonderful hair in the world, but it was not of this world. Yes, Mrs. Royce, I, I've just been thinking a kind of crazy thought. This scheme of yours is absolutely nuts. Call it a long shot then, Logan, and play it with me, will you? If it happens to work, you save your job. The town saves at least 30 grand. I save my peace of mind and, and we'll have the goods on a rotten killer. Okay, pal, I'll take a chance. Good evening, Mr. Walter. Good evening, Mr. Walter. It is not evening. It is almost midnight. Why have you insisted upon seeing me at this hour? Well, it's a kind of peculiar thing, Mr. Walter. Uh, Mr. Walter, uh, do you believe in dreams? Dreams? Yeah, dreams. Uh, Casey here had a very funny dream last night. But why should I? It concerns you, Mr. Walter. You see, I dreamed about Mrs. Walter. My ex-wife? Uh-huh. I dreamed that she talked to me. She talked to you? Yeah. She wasn't like a, a woman in my dream. She looked like that statue of yours she posed for, the sleeping goddess. She was the goddess, only awake. Awake? Uh-huh. Uh, Casey, tell him the funny thing she said to you in your dream. Okay, Logan, I will. Mr. Walter, she said, I am the goddess awake because my life is in my statue. She said... Her life was... Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And her hair was the shiny gold color I've heard Mrs. Walter had. So bright. It seemed to have light in her. Why, why have you come here to tell me about this? Because in my dream, she told me to come here. She told you? Just before midnight, she said. It's almost that now, Casey. We gotta move fast. Yeah, come on, Walter. Into your studio. Into my studio. She told Casey to have you there at midnight. Clock striking 12 now. Come on, oh, hurry. No, let, let me go. How dare you? She wants you in the studio, Walter, where she's waiting for you. Waiting for me? The goddess awake with shiny gold but hair. Don't open that studio door. Don't push me inside. We're leaving you inside. And in the dark. Open this door. Let me out. Light switch does not work. Open this door. Don't leave me alone here in the dark. You're not alone, Walter. The goddess is awake in there. No. No, no, no. That golden light. That golden light rises, moves this way. No, no, no. Don't come any closer. I'm sorry, Irina. I had to kill you. You ruled me. I'd been your slave. Slave of your will, your, your golden hairs that mock my heart. I had to kill you and hide your body in that sleeping goddess. I had to make you sleep forever. Don't come any closer. Forgive me. I. Uh. 
heard enough. Can you see? All we need, Logan. Switch on your flashlight. Oh, Casey. Casey, I'm glad to have some light in here. You did a swell job, Annie. I was scared. You know that I was scared. I... I didn't like this being a ghost in the dark. You scared Mr. Kurt Walter a lot more, Miss Williams. He's fainted. He did? I figured all he needed was to see the shadow of a woman with a luminous wig rise from behind that plaster statue and walk slowly toward him. Casey, I'll never do this kind of job again. I'll never hey, do wait it a again. Minute. You're trembling, kid. Now, what's the matter? I don't know. I. I don't know. I. But you know what happened? What? Just at midnight. When you pushed Walter through the door and I went into my act, I, I, I got suddenly afraid. Afraid of Walter? No. No, afraid of her. Well, Annie, what? Hey, Casey. Why is I... Walter hasn't fainted. He's dead. Dead? Yeah. Dead. Say, Miss Williams, you never got very close to him with that blonde wig of yours, did you? No. Uh, what is it, Logan? Look at this dead guy's neck, Casey. A, a single golden hair is wrapped around it, almost like a noose. You've been listening to Crime Photographer, written for radio by Alonzo Dean Cole, and based on the fictional character of Flash Gun Casey, created by George Harmon Cox. Casey is played by Stotts Cotsworth and Anne by Miss Leslie Woods. Crime Photographer is produced and directed by John Dietz. This is Bob Height inviting you to join us again next Monday at this same time for another fast-moving adventure with Casey, Crime Photographer. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. That's Casey, Crime Photographer, June 3rd. 1946, The Reunion, starring Stotts Cotsworth. Hope you enjoyed that. Let's take a quick break. Then it's more here on the WGN Radio Theater. Back to WGN Radio Theater with Earl Amari and Lisa Wolf. Thank you, Vic. All right, it's hour two. In this hour, Suspense, starring Charles Lawton from 1944. But first, we're going to play our game, Guess That Song. That's right. Right? That's it. Guess that song. <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to win a pizza from Lou Malnati's. Right, a $25 wow. gift certificate. So I would vote for a pizza. I would say a little veggie pizza would be great. Mm-hmm. Spinach. Deep dish. Spinach. Yeah. That Ooh, sounds good. Sounds good. So uh, let's get a caller on the line. We're going to go with caller number three. So call in right now and play the game with us. 312-981-7200. And we'll be right back. Guess that song. Okay. All right, that's what we're going to do. Pat, we're going to have a little fun here. How you doing? I'm doing well. How about yourself? So good. Um, so good. Well, Carl didn't like the Hi, last Pat. songs that I played. Probably. No, they were too, they were no, too I think romantic. he didn't like them because he didn't guess them correctly. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's Had probably true. Had he guessed true. them, he would have liked them. It has something to do with it, right, Pat? <laughs> <laughs> but we'll, we'll see if I pass on, the though, test were, this hour. Pat, they were kind of like romantic-y songs. Well, yeah. I will, I, romantic. I will uh. say that they were from 1970, and they're all, you know, top songs. Let's well, put it that way. Well, redeem yourself here. Come I'll on. see if you like the songs as Tom, Let's I'll see, see if Pat and Carl can get these. All right, right. Carl here we go. Person. Here's the first song. Hey girl, what you doing down there? Hmm. Pat, what do you think? 
I don't know. I don't uh, know that. Sounds like Tony Orlando. You are right. Wow. You are absolutely. Our listeners are so smart. That was good. You know which song it is, or should we play it for you? Uh, knock three times. Yes, that is absolutely correct. Wait a minute. Correct. That's knock three times yes. on the ceiling. On the ceiling. If you love me. Oh, if you want me. See, you're making it more wow. romantic. Wow. I used to love <laughs> Tony Orlando. Yeah. That, that was a great Twice song. Twice on Good the job. pipes if you want you know, something. The answer is no. Yeah. Yeah, that's Gosh. right. And this song is about a guy who falls in love with his downstairs neighbor, yet they'd never met. How they can he never do that? Met. Creepy guy. Yeah, right, very, a bit. very creepy. So he leaves her a note with a plan. Mm-hmm. So she's never met him. I hope she says no. So. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine what that guy's apartment looked like? Very weird, right? Oh, gosh. Well, good job. All, All right. right. Pat knows his stuff. <laughs> let's, let's try the second song. <sighs> oh, I got that one. I know that That's one. That's easy. Go All ahead. right. Three Dog Night. Yeah. yeah. Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Well, that's true, oh, yeah. but that's not the name of the Wait. song. That's the first oh. line of the song. Oh, um, Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Bomb, bomb. Was going. a good friend of mine. Bomb, bomb. Never, Never understood, understood a single word he said, said. but I always had to drink, drink his wine. And now we get to the chorus. Joy. Well, there it is. But he knew the bands. I mean, oh, no, ha- you're fantastic. Way to go, Pat. You have won a Lou Malnati's gift certificate for $25. That is the best of the best pizza anywhere. Lou Malnati's is home of Chicago's best deep dish pizza and our favorite here. Find one of their 40-plus Chicagoland locations or order online at com. Don't forget to order a spinach pizza yeah, for us. Right, and invite us over. Oh, enjoy it. Thanks so much for being <laughs> Thanks, a great Pat. player. Way to go. All right, he knows his stuff. Yeah, and you're getting there, Carl. <laughs> you know, our listeners are smart. And man. you did you did better this time. You one knew one thing of for them. sure that I know. Mm-hmm. They're much smarter than I am. Well, nobody's arguing with you, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew you weren't gonna try to correct me on that, Lisa. But unless it comes to classic Why radio, why can't you correct me on that one? Because I said they're much smarter than me. You should be like, if you, you never agree with me, if you said much smarter than me about classic radio, no, I would have I argued said, with you. You always argue with me. So when I say <laughs> that my listeners are smarter than me, you should be like, no, okay, Carl, let's try it again. Come on, okay, say it again. Do you it know, again. our listeners are much smarter than me. No, they're not. Not Carl. Thank You're you, smarter, Lisa. Carl. You know, now I will drive you home. Okay, otherwise I'm stuck here with Ben <laughs> all night. <laughs> uh, all right, it's time now for suspense. This is radio's best series of high adventure, mystery, and drama. It was billed as radio's outstanding theater of thrills. Very suspenseful thrillers. Biggest names in Hollywood appeared on Suspense. They always had movie stars on Suspense. That was what was really cool. Charles Lawton, Spencer Christian from Mutiny on the Bounty stars. Oh, no, no. that was He was actually, he, he wasn't Spencer Christian. Actually, Clark Gable was, now that I think about it. He was Captain Bly. Captain Bly. Yeah, on Mutiny on the Bounty. But anyway, he was also Quasimoto. What I was going to say is we have a fun fact posted on our WGN Radio Theater page about Charles Lawton. And wasn't he the first host of the Ed Sullivan Show? No, he hosted uh, the Ed Sullivan Show when When Elvis Elvis appeared for the first time. What a great night to host. Yeah, (laughs) 72 million people watched that. He was a good piece of good timing right there. He was Quasimoto. (laughs) You know, the hunchback of Notre Dame. You're really good. 
good that Carl. Thanks, Nobody is Lisa. better at Thanks. that than Actually, you are. Actually, it sounded like Charles Lawton did that. It was almost sound like a clip yeah. that we took right from the movie. I was thinking movie. that too. All right, let's go back to August tenth, nineteen forty-four. The man who knew how. Here is part one of suspense. Now, Roma Wines present. Suspense. Tonight, The Man Who Knew How, starring Charles Lawton. Suspense is presented for your enjoyment by Roma Wines. That's R-O-M-A, Roma Wines. Those excellent California wines that can add so much pleasantness to the way you live, to your happiness and entertaining guests, to your enjoyment of everyday meals. Yes, right now a glass full would be very pleasant as Roma Wines bring you Suspense. This is the Man in Black, here for the Roma Wine Company of Fresno, California, to introduce this weekly half hour of Suspense. Tonight from Hollywood, Roma Wines bring you a star, Mr. Charles Lawton. And so with Dorothy L. Sayers' intriguing story of the man who knew how, and with the performance of Charles Lawton as Mr. Pender, a law-abiding citizen of suburban London, we again hope to keep you in... Suspense! Oh, no, no, you're, you're perfectly welcome, I'm sure. Well, thank you. I'm glad to see someone. Matter of fact, uh, night journeys are always a bit uh, tedious, don't you think? Well, I suppose that depends upon one's destination. Huh? Oh. Would you like a book to read? Uh, I have a copy of Hangman's Holiday here. I found it extremely... Thank you very much. I never read detective stories. They're so inadequate, don't you think, sir? Most of them are rather lacking in characterization and human interest. But on a railway journey... I'll I wasn't that. speaking of the characters so much. I meant the crimes. Bungled, you know. Oh, but I... All I these penetrable murderers are so incompetent. They bore me. I, I, I think you're quite wrong. The criminals in books are usually a good deal more imaginative and ingenious than murderers in real life. Than the murderers who are found out in real life, yes. Even, even some of those did pretty well before they got pinched. Uh, Crippen, for instance. Do you remember Dr. Crippen? Oh, yes, of course. Uh, Crippen, he'd never have been caught if he hadn't lost his head and run off to America. Well, that's the point, you see. He did lose his head. He bungled the whole business. It could be so simple. <laughs> uh, just for argument, um, if you were going to commit a murder, what weapon or means would you choose? Huh? Me? Uh, well, uh, let's see, I... Uh... I've never given really much thought to it, actually. Uh, I know. Yes. I should use a sandbag. A sandbag? Yes. Worked very successfully in two stories I've read recently. A sandbag? Yes. <laughs> no, pardon me, I didn't mean to be rude, but the clumsiness of it oh. all, so the elaboration, the lies, the paraphernalia, the alibis, absolutely unnecessary. Oh, now, come, you can't expect committing a murder and getting away with it to be as simple as shelling peas. Oh, you think that, do you? Well, you're mistaken. It can be quite simple. Oh. But if it's so easy, how would you set about committing a murder? I? Oh, that's different. <laughs> I shouldn't have to think twice about it. You see, I know how. 
Hmm? Oh, you, uh, haven't tried, have you? Oh, my dear fellow, it isn't a case of trying. There's nothing tentative about my method. Well, what, uh, what is this wonderful method? Well, you don't expect me to tell you, do you? Well, I'd never think of murdering anybody. Oh, yes, you would, if you really believed it was safe. We've all of us got a nice little murder locked up inside, just well, waiting for a chance to come out. Well, then, why are all these tremendous artificial barriers built up around murder by the church and by the law? Just because it's everybody's crime, that's why. As natural as breathing. Well, that's, 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 that's ridiculous. Yes, that's what most people would say, but I wouldn't trust them. No, not with sulfate of thanatel to be bought for tuppence at any chemist's. Uh, sulfate of what? Oh, you think I'm giving something away? Well, I'm not. It's a mixture of that and one or two other things, you see. All equally ordinary and cheap. For ninepence, you could make up enough to poison the entire cabinet. Of course, it wouldn't do to polish them all off uh, so many at a time. Might look queer if they all died simultaneously in their baths. <laughs> Why in their baths? Well, that's the way it would take them. It's not the mixture alone that does the trick. You see, it needs hot water to make the stuff take effect. Really? Just a hot bath any time from a few hours to a few days after administration. It's quite a simple chemical reaction. It couldn't possibly be detected by analysis. It would uh, look just like heart failure. I've, 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 I've never heard of such a thing. You know, it's very odd how often one seems to read of people being found dead in the bathtub. Have you noticed? I? No. No. But, but, but look here. If, in, if nobody is fit to be trusted with this uh, potent formula... I'm not to be trusted either. Exactly. <laughs> Well, that's true, but it's past praying for now. I know the thing, and I can't unknow it. <laughs> Unfortunate, perhaps, but there it is. Uh, are we slowing down? Yes, this is rugby. Rugby already? Well, dear me, I've got to get out here. I uh, have a little business to do with rugby. Yeah. Well, I'm very indebted to you, sir. I've been quite entertained with your secret formula. <laughs> uh, excuse me, uh, what did you say was the name of that stuff? Sulfate of what was there? Oh, now look here. If I were you, I'd just put it out of my head and forget it. Now, there's a good fellow. Forget it. Yes, yes. Yes, I'll try to forget it. Tonight for suspense, Roma Wines bring you a star, Mr. Charles Lawton, whom you have heard in the prologue to tonight's study in... Suspense. And now it is with pleasure that we bring back to our soundstage Charles Lawton in The Man Who Knew How, a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. Good morning, sir. Morning, Charles. I've an egg for your breakfast, sir. Oh, thank you. They're quite scarce now, you know. Yes, I know. Will you have your tea now, sir? Yes, please. Anything in the post? Only a note from your tailor, sir. He'd be pleased to have you come in for a fitting at one on Tuesday next. Oh, very well. Uh, Charles, what's the uh, backstairs gossip in the neighborhood? Hmm? Uh, nothing much, sir. 
Mr. Skimmings, the old gentleman in number 11, had a falling out with his nephew and has drawn up a new will, they say. Oh, really? She's left everything to his new housekeeper, Mrs. Digby. Well, she's been with him nearly 20 years. It reminds me, Charles, I should draw up my will one of these days, you know. And Charles, I shan't forget you. You've been more than loyal. Well, uh, thank you, sir. Charles. Yes, sir. Uh, Charles, has it ever occurred to you that an unusually large number of people die in bathtubs? Uh, in a bathtub, yes, sir? Yes, you know, they, they seem to have a heart attack while in their bath and never come out of it. It's a common occurrence, I dare say, sir. There was one in the paper like that this morning. There was? Yes, sir. Right on the front page it was. <laughs> That's how I happened to notice. Here. It's this account, sir. Let me see. Wealthy manufacturer dies in Bath. Mr. Brittlesea it was, sir. One of the Brittlesea's engineering works at Rugby. Rugby? You know him, sir? No. No. But I, I... I... I believe the paper says his wife found the poor man. A heart failure. <laughs> oh. It's a very peculiar coincidence. What, sir? I was just thinking that I met a man in the train down from Carlisle last night. He'd gone off at rugby. He said he had a bit of business there. I wonder what his business is. Charles, 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 someone at the door. Oh dear, the bell must be out of order. Charles, where's the other slipper? Never find it, it's always out of the bed. Charles! All right, just a moment. Just a moment. Is anybody there? I'm coming, I'm coming. Oh, Mrs. Digby. Oh, I didn't mean to rouse you, sir. But Mr. Skimmings never kept the phone in the house, sir. And also, perhaps you could tell me who to call. Well, step inside, Mrs. Digby. Now, what precisely seems to be the trouble, Mrs. Digby? Well, I thought he was a long time in the bath, sir. But I never dreamed. Has Mr. Skimmings been taken ill? Is that what's happened? Oh, worse than that, sir. Oh, Blue, yes. Dear, dear me. Oh, if only I'd looked in sooner, sir. Mm. But you know, a gentleman in his bath, how it is, sir. Oh, yes, correct. I must say, I've always been afraid something of this sort would happen. The old gentleman would take his bath so very hard. Well, he's probably had a slight stroke, I don't think. I, I mean, I dare say the doctor will be able to bring him round. Not likely, sir. From the look of him, he's been dead for some time, sir. <laughs> All right, a good tale well calculated to keep us in suspense. The Man Who Knew How, starring Charles Lawton from 1944. More after these words. Back to WGN Radio Theater with Earl Amari and Lisa Wolf. Lisa, have you started packing yet for our cruise August 1st? Oh, I'm packed and ready to go. My bags are packed. How many bags are you bringing with? Ready to go. Just one. Really? Why would I need more than one? Uh, I just, you know... I would think that you would have least 
two bags. I'm an excellent for a packer. week. Are you? What? I only need one bag. That's all one, I need. One bag. I mean, I only need one bag. I'm going to bring a bathing suit. I could go with like nothing. I could go with a little carry bag and I'm off. We're going to Bermuda. We are. And hopefully you're going to come with us out there in Radio Land. This is a radio classic uh, it's a radio, cruise. <laughs> radio classic cruise. cruise. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, a classic, classic radio. radio. We're a radio yeah. classic. We're going to have a reenactment of a classic, couple of classic radio shows, trivia contests, cocktail party. We're going to go to the casino. We're going to eat together. We're going to swim. We're going to go to Bermuda together. We have a lot of fun. And we're going to play some ping pong. Well, oh, yeah. well, I don't know. There's a casino, and there's a spa, and there's yeah. a pool, and there's great yeah. restaurants. So, I don't know. I don't see how you can lose here. Right. We were able to get uh, like a bunch of rooms at a super great rate, only starting at eleven ninety nine per person for seven nights and on includes, Oceanus. Right. Now that's all of your meals and yeah. all of your entertainment and more. Right. So um, we hope you'll check it out. This is a great opportunity, and we would love to meet you. And we're right. really excited to go. Yep. Come on with us to Bermuda. Uh, August 1st, 2020. It's seven nights. It's going to be a blast. Keen Luxury Travel is our travel agent for it. And because we're working with Keen, they were able to block out a bunch of rooms at a super rate starting at eleven ninety nine. I mean, it, that's so cheap for seven nights. All your food, your gratuities are included in that, Wi-Fi. And you know what? The biggest part, the biggest reason why you should go, I mean, Carl's going to be there. Well. That's crazy exciting. I, I think more people want to meet you, Lisa. I don't know, Carl. You're see like you the a, classic radio king. A floppy hat on because she doesn't like the sun. She's going to be like, you're going to look like Casper the Friendly Ghost. No, I'm not. I'm going to go get a spray tan before I are go. You? So I'm going to look just wow. like everybody else. Holy Toledo. <laughs> right? It's going to be That's really worth the price week. of admission right there. Right? right? Yeah, it's going to be fun. Seven nights in Bermuda. Two islands we're going to visit. Um, and it's going to be seven what, what nights. What are the two islands? St. George and the Dragonette. No, St. George. And, um, oh gosh. Should I give you a clue? What is it? Oh, Hamilton. There you go. Well, yeah. My clue was going to be a top, yeah. top show running right here in Chicago. I'm Broadway telling you, Chicago. folks, don't miss this cruise. And uh, there's two ways to check it all out. You can go to our website, wgnradiotheater.com. If you scroll down, there's a banner. Click it, and then that'll show you everything that's going on. Or just call, like tomorrow, Keen Luxury Travel. They'll walk you through everything. They'll explain everything. There's a toll-free number. And Lisa will tell you what that is. The number is 800-856-1155. 800-856-1155. Spend a week with us on a cruise. Yeah. We'd love to get to know yeah, you. Yeah, we're going. It's going to be a lot of fun. And a lot and of I people... I know that we whole, yeah. have a whole handful of people who have signed they up. They have. That's right. So um, we are going no matter what. We're yep. hoping you'll join us. All right. So uh, do check that out. But right now, it's the conclusion to Suspense. <laughs> Stand back, stand back, please. Relatives will not be admitted until the coroner has completed his examination of the body. Will you have a look at this card, please, officer? Who did you want to see in there, sir? Mrs. Digby. You'll find her in the library, giving testimony, most likely. Oh, yes, they've discovered the will, I imagine. I don't know nothing about that, sir. Well, I'll just run in and have a look around. Huh? Officer! Officer! Yes, sir? Who was that man who went into Mr. Skimming's house? Search me, sir. Why did you let him in? He persuaded me like... Officer, do you realize what you may have done? Of course, I have no right to say it. But that man may have gone in there to destroy evidence. Evidence? What evidence? Oh, I get it. 
You're one of them there sensation seekers. Well, you're barking up the wrong tree, me lord. <laughs> this ain't no murder case. The bloke died of heart failure. Yes, I know. While taking a hot bath. Well, it happens every day. Five or six cases right round this neighbourhood in the past month alone. I've been taking, keeping track of them. Did you know that in every single one of these cases, the persons who died have quite a lot of money? I shouldn't be surprised, sir. This is a wealthy neighbourhood. All right, then. That's my number, Mrs. Digby. Keep me informed of any unusual developments, sir. Yes. I will that, sir. There he is, officer. That's the man, all right. What man's that? Well, well, oh, well. Hello. We meet again. Yes. I rather imagined we were. <laughs> Did you know the old gentleman, Mr. Skimming? Only to speak to in the street. Oh, then you, you live near here, huh? Yes. Uh, fourth house down. Uh, I'm just going back. Mind if I walk along? No, no. Of course not. Mm. Odd uh, our meeting again like this, isn't it? Most peculiar. Do you live in these parts, too? I? Oh, no, no. Uh, I was only here on a um, little matter of business. <laughs> <laughs> Last time we met, you had business at rugby. <laughs> hey, so I had. But my business takes me all over the country. I never know where I may be wanted an egg. No. <laughs> While you were at rugby, that old Brittlesea was found dead in his bath, wasn't it? Oh, yes. <laughs> Funny thing, coincidence. Left all his money to his wife, I believe. Uh, yeah, she's a rich woman now. A good-looking girl, a lot younger than he was. This is my gate. Oh, already? Will you, uh... Will you come in and have a drink? Why, yes, thanks. I should like you very much. I uh, trust your wife won't object to this intrusion. I have no wife. Oh, bachelor's quarters, eh? Yes. I do myself quite well under the circumstances. Oh, I say, you're right. This is capital. Could I have your hat? Oh, thank you. I think my man has gone off to bed, but I dare say we can manage. Well, <laughs> mm. this way, please. Yeah. Well, that fire looks good. Do take soda. Yes, please. It's remarkable how many people have been found dead in their baths lately, isn't it? You think it's remarkable? Well, I don't know. Perhaps it is. I suppose I've been taking more notice on account of that conversation we had on the train. Ah. Oh. <laughs> it's a curious thing how, uh, when once your attention is attracted to any particular set of circumstances, that uh, that set of circumstances seems to haunt you, eh? True. Yeah. Now, let's, say, let's say you get appendicitis. Now, immediately the newspapers are filled with paragraphs about people who have died of or recovering uh, from appendicitis. True, eh? true. You see, you see it mentioned in all the magazines. You discover that many of your friends and acquaintances have had appendicitis. The thing seems rather to uh, pursue yes, you. Yes, yes. Eh? That's exactly how it is. And all these bathtub deaths, the sequence of events in the, is the same in every case. The hot bath and the discovery of the body and then the inquest. Yeah. The medical opinion, always the same. Death due to heart failure following immersion in too hot water. Mm -hmm. it, it just makes me wonder, you know, how one does. Whether anybody else had happened to hit on that drug you mentioned. What was the name of it now? Oh, I shouldn't I, think so. I fancy I'm the only person who knows about that. Are you a chemist? Well, I'm a bit of everything. Sort of a general utility, man. Uh -huh. I do a good bit of studying on my own, too. I, I see you've got some very interesting books here. Hmm? Yes, I collect modern first editions. May, may I see that green volume there, please? Oh, certainly. Hmm. I'll fetch it down. The Henry James. It's quite a bargain, really. I... Here we are. Oh, thank you. Oh, yes, yes, an interesting hobby. 
E. Pender. Is that your name, Pender? Yes. Everett Pender. Oh. You have the advantage of me now, sir. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, I'm one of the great Smith clan <laughs> and work for my brain. <laughs> Here's your drink. Uh, you're retired, I suppose. Oh, thank you. Yes, uh, only recently. I was in a bank until I came into this bit of money. Oh. Well, you're one of the lucky ones, not married, comfortably fixed. Yes, I dare say you won't be needing any sulfate of th mm. uh, <laughs> any useful drugs in the near future. No. <laughs> no. I shan't be coming to you for assistance yet a while. <laughs> Besides, how should I find you if I wanted you? Oh, you wouldn't need to find me. I should find you. Yeah. Never any difficulty about that. Well, I'd best be getting on. No, no, don't get up. I'll find my head. Thank you for your hospitality. I don't expect we shall meet again, but we may, of course. Yes. Things work out so queerly sometimes. Yes, they? yes, they do, don't they? Mm. Uh, good night, Mr. Smith. Good night. I beg pardon, sir. Oh, hello, Charles. I thought you'd gone to bed. I heard voices and thought you might be wanting something. Oh, that was just an acquaintance stopped in for a drink. He's gone. Shall I take the glasses? Yes, thank you. Do you wish to finish yours, sir? <coughs> Mr. Pender. What? Your drink, sir. Do you wish to finish it? Oh, yes, of course. Thought I had. There you are. I'll draw your bath when you're ready for it, sir. Oh, there's no hurry. Uh, tell me, Charles. Did you ever notice a tall chap with very thick spectacles and curly grey hair calling on Mrs. Digby? Why, uh, uh, yes, uh, come to think of it, I have, sir. But then he always seems to be about whenever there's a death in the neighborhood. Uh, uh, lately, that is. Did you ever talk with him, Charles? Why, uh, why, why not to mention it, sir? You did talk to him, Charles. Why are you so upset? Well, sir, it was about Mr. Skimmings changing his will in favor of Mrs. Digby. And the grey-haired gentleman, uh, Smith, I believe his name is, asked whether you hadn't changed your will lately. Did you tell him I'd left everything to you? Not in so many words, sir. But you gave it away. Ah. Ah. So that's his game. Uh, <gasps> oh, good Lord in heaven, what is it, sir? That drink. He poured it while I was getting a book down from the case. What is it, sir? Charles! Under no circumstances am I to have a hot bath for at least two weeks. Do you understand? No hot baths. Very well, sir. Uh, Charles, uh, in the paper, has uh, anyone else died in his bath? Why, as it happens, uh, uh, yes, sir. Hey, here it is, sir. The inquest will be held tomorrow at three. The inquest? Ah, the inquest. Yes, Charles. I know what my duty is. I shall be at that inquest tomorrow. Good afternoon, sir. Hello, Charles. Not expecting you home for a bit, sir. You didn't stay long at the inquest. I wasn't interested in the inquest, Charles. I went to the inquest only to see if a certain man would be there. And he was there, Charles. He was there, as I expected. Yes, sir. The afternoon papers come. Uh, there is still another of those bath deaths. Another? Yes. Yes. They will go on and on unless someone stops them. Uh, Charles, where was this one? In Launstone Place, sir. A young woman this time. It's the I, most... I'm going out again, Charles. 
I have some business to attend to. Uh, over in Launston Place, as a matter of fact. Goodbye. Do you have uh, one of those old-fashioned sandbags? Sandbags, sir? Uh, the kind one uses to keep drafts from coming in under a door. Oh, yes, I think we may have one there. Oh, yes, yes, here we are, sir. Not much demand for these nowadays. No, I suppose not. <laughs> I'll care for if you use it on a stair landing, sir. One of these fell and hit a woman on the head, a case I know. Knocked her out cold. You don't say. Really? Well, I'll be very careful. Yes, very careful. Hello, Bobby. You got a light there? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Huh. Would you like a cigar to smoke later on? Thank you, sir. By the way, sir, there's a bloke following here. I don't know whether he'd notice. Yes, I'll notice. Let him alone, Bobby. I'm going to have some sport with him. Right, Charles, sir. Good night. Good night. Come on out from behind that post. I know you're following me. I've known it ever since I left Launston Place. You should have told that Bobby to arrest me. <laughs> now, why should I? Because I am going to kill you. Why ever do you want to do a thing like that? To put an end to one of the most fiendish careers in the annals of crime. You've committed your last murder, Mr. Smith. Oh, no, come, come, look here, old boy. My name's not Smith at all. I'm William Buckley. And I... I didn't imagine it was really Smith. Do you actually believe that I'm responsible for all these baths of death? Do you deny that you are? Uh, why should I? You told me yourself you're the only man who knows the formula for the poison. <laughs> Sulfate of Thanatol? Uh, oh, yes, indeed. You have me there, Pender. And you stood to profit by every one of those deaths, didn't you, Mr. Buckley? You have me there, too. <laughs> Look here, Pender. You're a, you're, you're a great reader of crime stories. Haven't you ever wished someone would commit the perfect crime and get away with it just once? Yes, I have. God help me. But I don't anymore. <laughs> I saw old Skimmings dead in his bath, blue and horrible. The man who committed that outrage must die. Pender, you, Buckley. You, Buckley. Pender, you're you mad. must you don't die. Know you're Pender, you don't die. <laughs> oh. A double... What do you have, sir? A, a double brandy, if you please, miss. You're wearing off a cold, eh? Yes, you don't sir. look at all well, if I may say so, no. sir. Ought to be home in bed, you had. Uh, I dare say, miss. You got the coin for the phone, Gibbons? Right away, sir. What's up, Tom? You promised not to beat me to the phone, and I'll tell you. Uh, if it's interesting like murder, my paper wouldn't print it anyway. Come on, tell me, what is it? 
Bill Buckley, of all people. Of what? Yeah, he'd gone to an inquest. Some woman died in her bath. Buckley must have been on his way to interview the husband at his laboratory. It was a rough district close to the river. Somebody crept up on him and gave him such a blow it broke his neck. Good law. Police say it must have been a sandbag. Who did it? Did I know? The vaguest notion got clean away in the fog. That's too bad. Bill Buckley was a great crime reporter. He was a decent sort, too. Yes, I worked with him for a time. Great sport, no end of a leg puller. No, no. Did you ever hear about that sulfate of thanatol stunt he used to work? No, No, what what was that? that? Look at you sober as a judge, he would, and then tell you about this... Sulfate of thanatol, which sulfate of thanatol. mixed with a few other things he said would cause death if you oh. swallowed it and then took a hot bath. Oh. Well, nobody believed him, did they? No. Oh, yes. Oh, no. Yes, he used to work no. off that wheeze on poor boobs and railway oh. carriages to see how they'd take it. Oh, would no. Would you believe it one chap actually? Oh, Mr. Oh. Good heavens. Oh. Hello, that bloke's fainted. Much better, sir. He caught a bit of a chill out of the fog, I think. I put him to soak in a hot bath. Oh, that ought to do the trick. Well, if there's nothing more we can do. Mr. Pender wants me to thank you for bringing him home, gentlemen. Oh, there's nothing really. Well, all right. Good night, gentlemen. Is your bath hot enough, sir? Mr. Pender. Mr. Pinder. I, I found out the name of that drug, Charles. So, so fatal. Benedict. Oh, oh, sir. Mr. Pender. Mr. Pender. You're... He's... So closes The Man Who Knew How, starring Charles Lawton. Appearing with Mr. Lawton was Hans Conried as Buckley in tonight's tale of Suspense. Suspense is produced and directed by William Spear. Next Thursday, same time, you will hear Miss Agnes Moorhead and Mr. Ray Collins as stars. They will be heard in The Diary of Sophronia Winters by the distinguished radio playwright Lucille Fletcher. Don't forget to listen next Thursday to Suspense. Presented by Roma Wines, R-O-M-A. Made in California for enjoyment throughout the world. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. That's Suspense from August 10th, 1944, The Man Who Knew How. Charles Lawton starring in that is heard on CBS. Let's take a quick break. Then it's more on the WGN Radio Theater. That's a wrap. What do we have next week when we're here?
Uh, it's a really special weekend next it's weekend. It's special. It's very special, just like you, Carl. Uh-huh. It's an all Western weekend. Wow. It's a whole Western roundup. It Yeehaw. is. Yee is it. We've Yeehaw. got Gunsmoke, yeah. Have Gun, Will Travel, and Luke Slaughter of Tombstone. All of that is Saturday night. I mean, wow. we know how to pack it. That's in. like an overload uh, of uh, <laughs> cowboys. <laughs> That's right. It's going to be a very masculine <laughs> evening. A lot of animal <laughs> noise, like the horse, like the you know, clip clop with like, the clouds right. together. <laughs> on Sunday, we have the Lux Radio Theater. It's a one-hour uh, episode yeah. of Winchester 73 with Jimmy Stewart. What do you think of that, guys? <laughs> and speaking of guys, guys, <laughs> Dino Tiberi, Dane Neal, they're both in for uh, Nick DeGilio yeah, tonight. Yeah, he's not feeling well, so um, we're here to second we're best. Under the weather. And you guys asked during uh, during the commercial break what we're going to have you know, on tap for the listeners, and I think we leave it. This will be the crosstop that has uh, been calculated for maximum Suspense. suspense. Oh, there suspense. you go. So wow, great. I like that. <laughs> played suspense, so you're right on target here. Yeah, that's right. Uh, as we sometimes call it, suspenders. Durs. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, okay. you got to be in it to get it. Got to have the right outfit for every for every situation, and also considering you guys are giving people lots of uh, lead time in order to calculate their uh, luggage needs, their swimsuit oh, needs. Yeah. Right. I'm excited about the cruise thing. That's going to be awesome. You guys what a come deal. With. You know, Lisa says she can pack all of her uh, clothes so and everything in one bag. I don't believe that. What's the secret, Lisa? You I don't roll it up it. or what happened? How do you do How that? much do you need, right? You just what? keep wearing it over and over and over again. What's the problem? <laughs> That's what you do normally anyway. <laughs> I mean, why not? That's why we have Who cares? Walking away. <laughs> Who cares? Well, right. but then again, you think about it, really, and Carl, you It doesn't mentioned... take up much room to throw in. Like Everything's for Some summer. Some t-shirts, right? It a couple pairs of shorts. Some flip-flops. You know, we're going to go real casual. It's going to be very relaxed and a lot of fun. Right. Um, nobody needs their, you know, their fancy cocktail no dresses. Yeah. Is there going to be one of those kind of fancy? Because you mentioned the casino. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm well, imagining we'll have a, a nice Bond cocktail movie. party, but you needn't, you know, you you just wear what feels right for you. That's how we roll. Oh, that's that's, that's, that's a wide berth right there. That's right. Open arms all aboard, it's going to be like 85, we, we will 90 you degrees. just as you are. <laughs> Bermuda. And Never the price been there. was good too. Like yeah. $11.99. Think about that. You Jeez. calculate it down. If you take per day including Times all of your food and entertainment six meals a day which i eat six, <laughs> really? and, and there's no limit you could have and, 12 oh, meals yeah, a day if you, you feel can it. Yeah. as much as you want yeah strap on the feed bag and let's that's go right. that's right <laughs> it's gonna be great i can't wait yeah i'm looking forward to it lisa yeah